Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Sanctuary, the one-stop shop for all your fantasy football needs. We have got Redraft, DFS, Best Ball, and today I'm talking Dynasty. I'm going to talk you through five risers, five fallers after this week's NFL action and what you should be doing them in your Dynasty leagues, whether it's buying, selling, and what their price should be. So let's dive straight into the first one. Devon Chan. what can I say? We thought last week was amazing. He's done it again, back-to-back weeks. He's now the RB4 overall. This is a guy that was a healthy scratch week one. He scored six touchdowns in three games, and all of that is on a 37.3% snap share. It's absolutely wild. He is now my Dynasty RB11. He is ahead of Jamar Gibbs. He is a big, big riser. I think the key thing with Devin Achan is, is less about what he's done and it's more how the Dolphins have used him. They're using him so impressively, getting him in space where he can use that incredible speed. I mean, the way he's being so efficient, he was the running back five this week on 11 touches. That is absolutely wild. There's more room to grow. You know, he's a 60% snapshot guy. As the season goes on, if he can start seeing, you know, 15 touches a week, maybe, maybe 17, 18, there's so much more potential that could come. I'd happily pay any 2024 first right now for him. You're probably buying high, but I honestly think that his value could only increase because we know this offense is going to be good for Russian production. The next guy I want to talk about, Nico Collins. He was on this list after week one and he's back here again. He's currently the wide receiver seven overall, averaging almost 21 fantasy points a game. He's now up to my dynasty wide receiver 22. I think the, the best thing is that he's clearly showing a good connection with CJ Stroud, but he's winning all over the field, over a 50% contested catch rate. He's, you know, the A dot is over 12, which means a lot of those targets are high value targets, which is what we want. And the same with Devin Achant. There's still room to grow. He's 68.4% snap share at the moment. There is an opportunity, a world where Robert Woods starts to get phased out of this offense. Yes, Robert Woods is playing the primary snaps because he's the best blocker. But Tankdale and Nico Collins are where this offense is going. And, and if he can start to cover an even bigger role, he's at 22.5% target share now. If we can get that north of 25, it could be really, really exciting. So, yeah, I'd, I'd happily go and pay a first for Nico Collins. I think there's a few people that maybe are looking to sell. I'm not sure he can keep up this production, but I'm, I'm really excited about what could come. Lamar Jackson. I mean, you come to this channel, you know we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson. He's the QB3 overall. He's been impressive, but I don't think he's quite blown up yet. And that's why I, I'm really excited about what could come. He's now up in that tier one of quarterbacks for Dynasty with me. He's alongside Mahomes, he's alongside Allen, he's alongside Hertz. The really impressive thing is that he's the QB3 overall, as I said, yet he's not played a single snap with Mark Andrews, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman on the field at the same time. There is an opportunity for him to grow, for this offense to grow. You know, he has shown that he is now a capable pocket passer as well as that rushing upside. And he's using the rushing sparingly. We saw 10.3 rushing attempts per game at the moment. But it's it's in the places that's making the impact. You know, it's those third downs. It's those in and around the goal line. He's not just rushing for the sake of it. And that's what's really exciting because he's avoiding the hits. And hopefully that means he's going to stay healthy. Right now, as I said, he's my fourth most valuable player in Superflex. I'd happily pay four first round picks for him. He is an absolute superstar. And yeah, the ceiling's going up. Uh, the next guy, CJ Stroud. 
I was not the biggest fan of CJ Stroud coming out. He was my QB3. I thought that there were some question marks about his processing ability. The ability to go from one to two, three. Yes, he was accurate, but is he going to be able to anticipate and throw goes open rather than just reacting to open guys that we saw at our state? Three, four weeks, I'm I'm happy to admit I was wrong. I did not expect to see this. You know, he's processing so quickly and so well. Oh, and he's thrown with anticipation. You know, this was an average receiving core come accentuating all of their best assets. And it's really, really impressive what he's done through, you know, his first four rookie starts. It's absolutely wild. Um, he's improving every week. And as you can see on the screen, he's QB 10 overall. He's my dynasty QB nine. Uh, he is now a first round startup pick for me in Superflex drafts, which is not something I thought I'd be saying this time a month ago, let alone a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'd happily pay three firsts for him in, in any Superflex leagues. The final riser, Khalil Herbert. I'm a big Khalil Herbert fan. And I think Sunday just showed he is clearly the best running back in Chicago, rushing the ball. But the sneaky thing is, is that target share, he's getting a 12.9% target share. He is getting that receiving work as well as being the best running back. I think he's a really nice little buy if, if you're looking for, you know, an RB2, an RB3 to help you down the playoff stretch, because I think the value isn't that high. I'd happily pay a second and a third right now. I reckon you can probably get him for a second. He's averaging 11 points per game, which doesn't sound fantastic, but there is definitely some opportunity that as this offense starts to improve, as perhaps Justin Fields starts to rush more, we're going to see more scoring opportunities. And, and hopefully that means that Khalil Herbert can continue to put up weeks like he did this past week. Now diving across to the negative side, Dynasty Fallers, look, Kenny Pickett. Yes, he's injured. He's probably going to miss three or four weeks. What we think is apparently going to be an MCL sprain, but he'd probably been on this list without the injury. I was a big Kenny Pickett fan in the offseason because I thought that he was undervalued. I think that he, the light came on halfway through the last season. I think down the stretch, he was actually competent, but it seems to have completely switched off. And I think a lot of that sits with Canada and, and the offensive play calling, which isn't helping Kenny Pickett out at all. Um, but he's just not getting it done. You know, as you can see on screen, QB 26 overall. He's not had a single top 12 weeks. He's averaging less than 1% of big time throws. And he's got a minus 0.3%, 0.3 EPA per drop back. He's, he's just not getting it done. Yeah, if you can get him for a second round pick, I'd probably still take that risk. But I just don't know if we can guarantee that he's going to be the long-term starter. I thought he was going to be as, as early as two weeks ago. He's just not pushing the ball downfield competently either. He's had 127 pass attempts so far this year. He's had two completions over 28 yards. The only players who have done worse is Joe Burrow. And then Bryce Young, but obviously Bryce Young missed a little bit of time. I'm just really disappointed with Kenny Pickett, but absolutely his his value is, has fallen. And I think the injury is only going to exacerbate that. The next guy, another injury. Apparently he's going to be back in a week or two, but Javonte Williams, he's not had a single top 24 week so far. He's averaging less than 35 rushing yards per game. He's he's splitting time with yes Samaji P. Ride, but also Jaleel McLaughlin, who's an undrafted free agent. Like it's it's just not going. He's not separating himself from the other guys and he's injured again. So 
I fear that it could be Javante Williams' fantasy career as a you know a top twenty-four back is over. I don't know if he's ever going to be a workhorse, so his value's dropping. I would sell for any twenty twenty-four second right now. Um, you might be able to get a little bit more on top, but yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling good about Javante Williams and his potential upside moving forward. T Higgins. Man, this one hurts because I thought T. Higgins was going to have a really big year in what was a contract year. We knew the Bengals weren't going to sign him long term, but I thought that, that he was going to have a point to prove and, you know, go out and get it. But again, another player is injured at the moment, probably going to miss somewhere between two and five weeks with this rib injury. We've had one good week and that was off the back of two touchdowns. He's only caught 38% of his targets. He's averaging 1.1 yards per route run. He's just not getting it done. Um, the Bengals season, it basically is the season from hell. I don't know if I see any great upside coming. I think Joe Burrow, if he's going to continue to play with his calf, it's not going to get better. He's not pushing the ball downfield. As I showed earlier, he's had one target, one uh, completion of more than 28 yards. It's just not a happy scenario situation. I think T Higgins is going to be a stud next year, probably in a new home. He's probably going to get massive contract in free agency, but right now his dynasty value is definitely dropping. He was a, you know, a top six, seven wide receiver for me at the beginning of the year. He's now outside that top 12 and the fall could continue. The next guy, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think we can probably say he's on the fantasy scrap heap now. He's the wide receiver 84 overall. He's not had a single top 36 week. The A dot 3.6 and the target share 13.8. His A dot's fine if it's going to be low, if he's going to command high target shares, but you're not going to get it done with a low A dot and a low target share. So, yeah, I think Juju Smith Schuster, fantasy relevancy gone. It's hard to feel excited about anyone in that Patriots offense right now, but I'd sell Juju for two thirds, which I think shows you I don't value third round picks, and that probably shows you just how little I value Juju Smith Schuster. He's he's not a player that I'd be interested in moving forward. The final faller, look, I held off the Carl Pitts hype for two years. I wasn't a big fan at the price when he was coming out as a rookie. I wasn't a big fan at the price that you had to pay last year, but I felt that this year the price was too low. I thought that the advanced numbers were there. I believed in Desmond Ritter, and I thought that he was going to be an absolute superstar without having to pay the price. I've been proved wrong. Titan 28 on the season, zero top 12 weeks. Yes, the advanced numbers are still there. You know, 30.4% AOD market share, 18.3% target share. I just don't know if... Desmond Ritter is going to be enough of the solution to what I need and we need Carl Pitts to be. So, yeah, look, this guy was outproduced by Johnny Smith on Sunday. I still love the talent. I still hope that there is a fantasy superstar in there. But for the rest of this season, we can't buy into it. So he's no longer my tight end three in Dynasty. He's fallen below TJ Hawkinson. And to be honest, if he has another couple of bad weeks, it's going to fall even more. So, yeah. Cole Pitts, the, the, the final dynasty faller. Um, if you're watching and you disagree, do you agree with the guys I've got? Is there someone that you think has had their dynasty value change significantly in the past week that I've missed? Let me know in the comments below. Let me know what your thoughts are. Is there someone that you want to hear me talk about on next week's show? Give us a like, give us a subscribe and make sure you're staking here because we've got plenty, plenty more fancy content coming your way.